Why would you do that? Because guys with long hair look cool. Uh, do the guys with long hair that you're thinking of have thicker hair at this age? Is all I'm asking. Eddie Vedder looked great in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> I think about, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Winger got on me to get a haircut. I said I was starting to look a little shaggy. Uh, I think at some point, a guy like me starts to look like he's thinking about a comb over. Yeah, I know. It's, n- it's not, and it's, it's not what I'm going for. Not fooling anybody. There's there's a story about Winston Churchill uh, getting into a barber's chair and the nervous, you know, the barber's nervous because he's got whatever, the prime minister. And uh, he he asked Churchill uh, how he'd like it styled. He said, a man with my limited resources can't presume to have a style. Now get on with it. style i've got a meeting with the cabinet in 30 minutes i just want to get this done i I don't presume to have a style no Uh, i had a guy once uh offer to loan me his floby i think you've told me about this and he had like an enormous chunk out of the hair in the back of his head I mean, you kind of got to take it easy with those things. So, I gave Jackson a pandemic haircut. And uh, did it accentuate his bangs? No, I started at the back. And uh, I didn't have the, uh, the, the right guide on the razor. Uh huh. I thought so, it was like a, a, I thought it was like a number four. You know how they have them numbered? Right. It turned out it was. It turned out it was a four millimeter. Oh, so you were you were jammed up by the metric system again. I don't know why. If it says number four on a on a clipper guard, you, you would, would think, think. four. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know what four millimeters means, except I understand from the context that it must be shorter than a regular four. Uh, can you guess what I said after I cut his hair? It'll grow back. <laughs> oh, that's so much better than what I was thinking you might have said. We'll just do the rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you ready? Howdy. Welcome to the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is Brian Grimm. I I had a dramatic pause in there so we can insert something if we want. Like well, well, welcome to uh, episode seventy-eight of the Managing Expectations podcast. It doesn't matter at this point. It couldn't matter less what uh, number the podcast is. It's just the new one, and it will be latest episode until the next one. Yeah, 
the latest episode. So a lot of really positive feedback about something bad happened to a clown. Um, most of it being how hilarious you are. And you did really make me laugh. I didn't, I was, I, I listened to the episode and, and I couldn't really, I didn't catch anything particularly hilarious, but I'm not, I, you know, I'm not fishing here. So. Yeah. I didn't write them down, but I'm really sorry about that. Um, what did they all- say? What, 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 what did they say? Just, just what word for word. Tell me exactly what they said. <laughs> uh, it was kind of like this. Yeah, that Brian guy. He's pretty funny. I thought so too. So, um, uh, of course, before we congrat- yeah, congratulate ourselves on uh, our many downloads, our new record of downloads, uh, we should probably subtract out the number of times I've downloaded and listened to it. I think it took, I think it took a while to get going, but then once it yeah. was rolling, it was great. And, yeah. and uh, there's, a, there's a, a woman at work who's talking about getting um, a line from my adolescent poem tattooed. I'm begging her not to do this. Uh, that makes two of us. Yeah. So please don't, please from don't the do entire that. Managing Expectations family, Danny, don't do it. You're a young woman. You've got to, you've got to re- you're going to live a long time. You need to ration that skin out. You don't want to just give it to something frivolous. Like Chihulu uh, and unicorns. And, and my, uh, my teenage poetry. There's a, a, a punk rock slash alternative band called Everclear. They were kind of oh, big in the, in, the, in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I, they're, they're who you get when you can't get Nirvana literally because everclear was from portland oregon go you may continue somebody uh the the lead singer alex i can't remember his last name uh one of his fans approached him isn't it isn't i think it's i think it's alex alexakis i i think but i didn't want to go out on a limb um and he had the dyed blonde hair like a lot of uh front man front men did in the 90s but not that good looking eddie vetter yeah okay go anyhow on. he uh he's he in an interview in, in an interview he said that somebody approached him one of his fans approached him and says hey i'm going to get everclear tattooed on my forearm and he says please don't do that <laughs> we might we might stink in 10 years that was some clear thinking that was mm-hmm. some ever clear thinking we might stink in 10 years. Perhaps, perhaps lacking the self-awareness that we like to have and like to see. Yeah. So um, did, you, did you do any poking around for our, uh, the, the interest in, the, in our podcast? Uh, no. No, I've got I've got my best men working on it though. You're not gonna be happy until I turn into Jackie Gleason and Smokey and the Bandit on this, are you? 
Oh, it, it's interesting when you see a particular region light up like a candle with all these downloads, you got to think what's going on. Uh, you do, uh, but I don't suppose it's anything good. So, but that's, that's kind of tr true to my brand, isn't it? What, what, what would Ellis, what would Ellis say? Very on brand. On brand. Yeah, that's right. On brand. Very on brand for me. So um, anyway, we're moving on. So we thought we'd have a, a kind of a serious conversation today, though it's bound to be super fascinating and at times hilarious because it was us. Way to right. manage the expectations. I'm not sure if I'm going to say super hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure you'll say something. It just tickles. That just tickles me. I hope so. I hope yeah. I do. Uh, so, oh, okay. So, um, uh, are you having trouble in the, the Metro Denver area getting tradespeople? Yeah, there's definitely a labor shortage. I've got a, a few friends that work in the building trades um, and uh, a couple of them, you know, they're electricians, they own, they have their own companies and, you know, just getting good, reliable help, which has always been a problem. But right now, I mean, they're paying, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but they are paying. Okay. So imagine if, if, if a fast food restaurant pays $16 an hour, what is it? You know, what are they going to start an apprentice electrician at? Um, I think they're paying like around 18 or 20 bucks an hour for an apprentice first year electrician. And they're having a hard time getting people to do it. If they're having, and it sounds like they're not able to get them at 20 bucks an hour. So, yeah. so then the question becomes, could you get them at 25? And what are you going to do? I mean, they're not going to lure you out of your tradesman. Your, your retirement. Oh uh, yeah, we're all we're all told we can't play the game anymore. <laughs> Someone was told at eighteen. <laughs> but we're all told. Uh, okay, so so you uh, you you okay so. You took up a trade right out of high school, right? I did. I did. Uh, did you? Did you? Did you go? I mean, was it something that your high school offered, or uh, did you? Did you do something after high school? So, my final two years of high school, I was enrolled in a vocational school where we built a house each year that went to the Littleton Housing Authority. So I went to a low-income family. They got, you know, they'd have a bunch of kids build a house and they'd give it to some family that needed some help. Um, but it was, you know, it was a, it was a nice uh, brick ranch-style home on a nice size lot. And um, the things that you needed to have a license for, they brought in licensed workers to do. Um, but the framing, the, the drywall, the masonry work, the roofing, are all done by, by high school kids with close supervision um, by our instructor and his assistant. And, 
and that was great. That was a great introduction on how to, you know, how to do a lot of, a lot of things when it comes to building a house. Um, shortly after high school, I had a few small jobs here and there, but then um, as I approached, I think when I was late 19, late in my late ninth in my late in my 19th year <laughs> be hard for you to make that more clear i was almost 20 and uh and i started i just and i got a job as an electrical apprentice i think uh, i'm just making i'm making eight bucks an hour no kidding yeah well i don't know i yeah okay okay well, that's been a while ago. It's been a while. It's been a while ago. And like the license guys, like if you were the top dog license guy, you were making 20 bucks an hour and it has been a while, but I mean, 20 years. No, yeah. you're not that old. No, wait, 19. It's been, it's been 26 years. Okay. What? Nobody needs to know exactly. Or so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So the reason, the reason I got to thinking about this, so I talked to my old man today and we had a nice conversation and um, he reminded me of his uncle George who uh, worked at a sawmill and uh, lost his hearing because nobody ever thought to put cotton in your ears. If you're working um, a, a sawmill working next to a mighty saw and, you know, I think that there's, there's a tendency to think that lumber comes from Home Depot. But in it fact, does. there's, it does. it does, but that's not where it starts. Yeah. And there are a lot of really hardworking people, I should think predominantly men, who are, are uh, you know, cutting down cutting down trees i don't know i actually don't know because i know that the quality of the pine in a two by four these days isn't what it used to be uh i was always really pleased with my house in kansas city because this thing was built with wood that was hard as hard as iron you know i mean it was it was ridiculous it was i mean it was great ridiculous um and it's pretty soft these days. And it's hard to find boards that are straight and true. Um, it's, you know, without being like having a big, uh, like a knot or yeah. a rot, a rot, a rot knot. Or whatnot. Such much. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, so I don't know how, like, Warehouser or Georgia Pacific does it. Um, my friend Bob, who uh, worked, uh, was a, I don't know, he, he, did, he did something in the Pacific Northwest to save the earth for the, for the feds. And uh, he said that they had, that they did plant trees, like, like for every tree they cut down, they planted you know, a factor, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm making this up three. Yeah. Five. Okay. Well, let's go with five because it's completely arbitrary and fictional. We can say five, mm -hmm. but he says that, 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 that doesn't make it a forest that they're like all in line and 
you know, so you, it's, it's more like a crop of trees mm-hmm. and th- they're not necessarily planting it to be habitat for the winged and woolly creatures of, of the forest, um, but to be a crop sometime in 40 to 70 years. I don't, I don't, I really, I honestly, I don't, I don't know how that works. But anyway, somebody's got to cut the thing down. Somebody's got to take it out. It's got to be processed. And several years ago, 1950, one of the guys that processed it was my great, great uncle, George. And uh, I remember being in that, in that sawmill uh, as a child. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it didn't seem scary. It didn't seem anything at all. It just didn't seem I don't know. It, it felt like a barn. So anyway, so dad says today that uh, it was never, that they weren't carpenters, <laughs> that they, they provided wood to carpenters, but they themselves were not carpenters. So like the sawmill, such as it was, he said they had to rebuild it every 10 years because essentially it just like kind of like leaned into itself to not fall down. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting that even guys who like have like these rugged manly trades aren't necessarily good at everything because i actually i know i know guys who could work a machine and also build a thing uh and then and then i was thinking the other day about how you 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 know you i you know i i don't know but would you would you redo it would you not learn electricity or electrical I think that was um, the workings of a, the, 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 the machinations of the electrician. <laughs> um, that was thinking back. That was one of the best things that I, that I did because I learned a trade. Here's the thing. Like if, if my job, if I need to make a, a, a change, say my job totally goes south in my industry. Um, I'm confident that I could go I could go renew my license or get licensed again or, and just get a truck and just go around and do electrical work for people. If necessary, I can do my own electrical work. I can help out friends and family. If they have something small that I feel like just taken on. Um, It's good to know how to do those things. Well, it's good to know how to do things. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and modern life has removed us uh substantially from that so that you think that well you you know i mean well the ceiling fan doesn't work so we got to (laughs) move we got to sell the house (laughs) well let me let me ask you are you glad that i learned an electrical (laughs) the machinations you know what you know what okay you know what I, i i i see where you're going here is there something you'd like to tell our listening audience brian do you feel like do you feel like you have insufficiently enjoyed your weekends over the course of your adult life because of me calling asking about the ceiling fan? Not at all. No, not by any means. No, no. It's nice to be able to help people out when they need a hand instead of, you know, that's one of a homeowner's biggest fears is is something goes wrong and who am I going to find to fix it that isn't going to drag me over the coals and and charge me an arm and a leg. Okay. Right. So yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm happy to be, to 
be of assistance to you, even though at times a little snarky. Wait, which one of us is snarky? Open for interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, the, the, the lack of gratitude that I'm sure I've manifested would make me wince if I were to think about it. So anyway, um, yeah, no, uh, um, uh, yeah, it's good to be able to do things. And I never, I, okay, so I never really learned to do these things from my old man. Um, but over the years, you know, from friends and uh, trial and error, I've, I've done, learned to do things around the house. I still, I'm still worthless with a car. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, methods of conveyance, I am just worthless as a shark. Um, since Jack is getting into that age where he's interested in, in cars and things like that, he's, he's gone on YouTube and, and, uh, learned how to fix a handful of things on a car. And we had a door panel on, on the Acura that, that, uh, had some rips in the panel. And so I brought in a new door panel. It cost a hundred dollars on eBay for a whole new door panel. Um, but I said, here's the door panel, look it up, how to do it. He did a great job with it. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and it's got you know it's got a whole bunch of connections you know the the windows the door locks the all this other stuff that's on there. Um, Yeesh. Yeah, yeah, that sounds horrifying. And have you seen the new ads that that YouTube has been running? No. Oh, it's, oh, maybe I did see one. Wait, tell me, and I'll I'll let you know if I saw it. It's it's a really good ad. It's, it it starts in by somebody typing into to YouTube how to. And then it, you know, then it shows somebody, you know, fixing a car or, or opening a barbecue business or somebody, you know, how to bake this or cook that. Um, it's a good ad. And, and I think that, you know, that's one of the benefits of, of that platform is that you're able to see real world stuff, how, how to do things instead of, you know, looking at a, a manual with an exploded diagram of a, <laughs> of a transmission. And you're like, ah, I don't have that. <laughs> uh it's true and i know well okay mrs wingers look looks on youtube to find out uh how to do stuff mm -hmm. um i've done it but i don't know i never i never seem to find quite the right thing but it's obviously out there because everybody else is finding it it's probably just another reason for me to quit. You just, you just still haven't found what you're looking for. <sighs> Whose fault is that? <laughs> um, I was so, 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 so it's, it's, it's good to know how to do things. And, um, you know, uh, you know, obviously there, there, there are certain jobs that you gotta have, you gotta have college for, but there's a ton that weren't, um, not for nothing, but Abe Lincoln didn't go to college. Now you can say, well, I, I don't, and I don't believe that the world is a harder place. I don't know that the law, the, the law is probably harder because like patent law and, you know, the way Apple and Samsung, you know, copyright the shape of a 
circuit or a screw. But I, you know, I mean, there's there's that thing about like the the mankind's knowledge doubling like every four years. Okay, I'm making numbers up again. So file this away with however many trees, warehouser um, plants when it cuts one down. By the way, the other the other hitch with that, they're they're cutting down something that's been growing since you know Alexander the Great, and you know planting you know, a sapling. So there's that. It's going to take some time. Both sides, both ends of that sentence were hyperbole. Mm -hmm. Starting to seem like nobody should believe a word that comes out of my mouth this afternoon. I gotta, I gotta get this together. So here's something, Brian, here's something, here's something that you can believe me about. And that is in Denver, Colorado, the place to go for used comics and graphic novels, all in a dream, comics and books. Check, call on old Ray at 3115 East Colfax Avenue, just off of uh, Colorado Boulevard and Colfax, in the heart of the real city, the real downtown. This is where you're going. Uh, Ray can be reached at area code 303-333-8616 or check out his website for more information at allinadream.us, allinadream.us. Um, it's the place to go for Silver Age comics, graphic novels, indie comics, all in a dream, the loading has begun. Okay. Take that to the bank. It's a lead pipe cinch <laughs> I think it's lead pipe lock is it yeah greeny greeny and, and goldberg mike and, is that is that what you're talking about i don't know lead pipe okay. lock lead pipe i don't know i i mean as a kid i always we used to say it's a cinch it's a lead pipe i don't know lead pipe lock I don't know. You lock? I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. You know, uh, I was talking to the old man, and uh, we ended up looking up counting coup. The way um, the Plains Indians would um, try to achieve. This isn't the Wikipedia article, but I mean, prove that they were the dominant or the alpha uh, without having to resort to killing. Mm -hmm. the other the other party the enemy um because i think because I, I had heard that like young young uh native american boys certain tribes right they would do a thing where um they would smack the rear end of a bear and and then get away to as 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 to show to as a testament to their courage um now i put to you brian stu stupider than hang gliding go <laughs> uh yes that is incorrect 
hang gliding is totally stupid. You might actually have to tangle with a bear and you certainly have the uh, reason to uh, establish your own credentials in your society, such as it is. No, you I'm... don't do those things. All you do by hang gliding is show what a dirtbag you are. I, I disagree okay. wholeheartedly. Well, it's high time. You know what? You and I have been agreeing entirely too much. And something else, okay? With your graying temples, Brian, you're starting to look like Doctor Strange. But I dig. Okay, but let's 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 stay with. Uh, well, it must be the a, I, 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 Yeah, it's my very pencil thin and very precise facial hair. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I bet that more people have survived hang gliding than have survived walking up to a bear and smacking it on the rear end. It's not all about that. It, it, it's not. No, I'm saying no. I'm okay. First of all, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't irritated bears that wiped out the Plains Indians. Okay. So it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't hang gliding either. I didn't say, it, I didn't say it was. Okay. I'm saying that they didn't really pay a cost for uh, this, for, for counting coup with the bear, unless they got caught, which apparently they didn't do often enough because they, you know, had these other, because they had these things. Look, I don't think you went out by yourself to do it. Okay. I would, I would guess they went out with like a gang. They had of course. Like, yeah. yeah, of okay. course, because it, it, it is a, a uh, it, that is the, the brainchild of a group of boys. <laughs> okay, you know what? That, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. It's like, it's like what boys did in America before there were trash cans to knock over, <laughs> before they'd invented ring and rip, and before there was. Uh, a Chevy Chevette that you could car surf on. <laughs> Before you could call the bowling alley and ask if they had 10 pound balls. I think we covered it. <laughs> you see, you want me to keep going? No. Okay. No. Oh, who's got the coup now? I, the wingman's got the coup. Okay. You win. All right. So, so uh, yeah. Th okay. Okay. That's, that's well argued. It does sound like something that teenage boys would cook up or young boys would cook up. Um, but I, I, I still think that in a, in a society where your, your existence, your subsistence uh, counted on being able to kill something and bring it home to eat. Okay. Whereas if you're a hang glide, if you're hang gliding, you're just, you're just a thrill seeker. It's just a thrill sport. Okay. Have you, hang, am, am I getting too close to home? Is there something you need to tell me? Well, I'm not only a member of the hang gliders club of Colorado. I'm also the president. Uh, well, to be fair, hang gliding is something that teenage boys probably could cook <laughs> I up liked, as well. I like their hang gliders so much. I bought the company. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> All right, those 
two different guys, I think. <laughs> it is two different guys. I, I think the, the one was Bob Kraft, right? Or Gillette? I don't know. Who owned? I think, I, I think no, it was another guy who owned the Patriots. Yeah. And he was saying, I like, I like the shave so much, I bought the company. And then you're doing, um, what's the name of the guy at Men's Warehouse? was that guy's name you know what i was actually at so when i did i I covered this conference in san francisco when i worked for the newspaper and um george zimmer yep that's it was it or zimmerman Uh, it's george George zimmer uh so he he um he bought himself onto a panel about uh russia uh, he wanted to be in on. Um, he, he, he wanted to be viewed as a, you know, big thinking, intellectual. Mm-hmm. It happens, you know. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I guarantee it. What, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So. I, I would I would suggest that this is a thrill sport. Uh, it's it's an artificial way to juice adrenaline and endorphins for the idle middle class and higher. Uh, I understand that a lot of I mean, you know, and and look, look Mr. Nature. I don't want to hear about you know soaring like you know, like a hawk in a John Denver song over the, the, the valleys and dales of the Rocky Mountains. I don't want to hear it, oh. and they, which makes for a great podcast. I kind of want to hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've never ha- really had a desire to, to go hang gliding. Just, you know, I'm sure... That's not I'm saying sure. you've never done it. I've never done it. Mm. I've never done it. Mm. Okay. Nope. I've never ju- I've never jumped out of an airplane. Okay. I've never been hang gliding. I have been base jumping though. Is that is that different? <laughs> What's base jumping? Is that like base hunting? No. Ba- base jumping uh, bridge you know base is a, is an acronym for something. Uh, it's ba- it's it's where you 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 hold your parachute in your hand and then you, you <laughs> run off <laughs> and then you run and you jump off of something that's incredibly tall and then you throw your parachute up in the air after you free fall for you know a few seconds is there does that not work sometimes uh, yes it does, it does it sometimes doesn't go so well huh interesting okay yeah, I, they're they're base jumpers who jumped off of like like really tall buildings but then a gust of wind comes up and blows them right into the building is that not funny that's awful (laughs) Uh, it's true you are the funny one Uh, where were we well I I was just saying that I I think that there would be legitimate if primitive uh, 
social merit to counting coup. Sure. Because uh, you start out with a bear, and I would think that the next tribe over looks pretty pretty light after that, though obviously right. not necessarily. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, during that period of time, I mean, having bravery, whether you're facing nature or a, a, an aggressive neighboring tribe, was something of value, having that bravery to, to go up against those things. And, you know, you prove that as a very young man by we know a guy who swam with sharks literally right do you know who i'm you remember who i'm talking about i don't um uh uh francophile and uh uh wiley um figure gotcha. skater uh, yeah. uh def defender uh campbell what was the figure skater's name? Paul Wiley. Paul Wiley. Paul Wiley Defender. Um, he um, he swam with sharks. I mean, it was like, I don't know, they, they were on vacation in Central America. But I mean, look, you know, you don't, you don't think he's getting into the water with Jaws. You think that he's he's getting into like some you know, into water with, yes, they're technically sharks, but probably not ones that eat people typically. And we're satisfied that we can make these Americans go away and nope, never saw them. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, any, like anytime you go swimming in the ocean, aren't you like swimming with sharks, like whether you know it or not? <laughs> okay, my point here, and, as, as you as you well know, uh, is, uh, and by the way, yes, I have swam with sharks. They, they were, were out in there. there. They were in there somewhere. Big ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true. There were seven thousand miles between me and the Great Barrier Reef, but it was all connected. Yeah. yeah. Um. He. I'm just saying, if somebody if someone were to say, "Well, so and so went hang gliding," I wouldn't think, "Oh, he's a brave fellow." I want to I want to be with him if it when 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 it all comes down. Might have a you bunker. See, you see my point? <laughs> I do see because your point. he's rich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, and, and so I think it's it's counter. Uh, I'm using uh, it, it's contrary to counting coup uh, right. instead of instead of thinking um, instead of thinking this guy's this guy is very is very brave he's got tremendous courage I'm going to stay with him I think this guy's a dirtbag who's got too much money he doesn't know what he's doing um, I'm he's not my you know it's not it's not my jam Okay, <laughs> that's what. Anyway, I, I look. I don't. I, I you know. I I don't know who's gone hang gliding. I don't know that I think that they're dirt bags. I'm sure I have friends who've done stupid things. You know, but I'm just. I, I don't know. I don't like. I don't like. These like, um, sanitized and. You know. 
things where, um, you know, they're, they're super controlled and it's just a way for Americans who don't have like lions and tigers and bears to worry about to get a thrill. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like, it's like low cost thrill seeking. And, and look, I understand that hang gliding and parachuting, is that what it's called? Parachuting? Base jumping? I mean, those, those have real risk associated with them, but it's, but, but it's an unnecessary risk. Right. And one that doesn't necessarily uh, convey the sort of social status um, that comes. I mean, look, if you're in the 101st Airborne, okay, well, you didn't just jump out of a plane. You jumped out of a lot of planes. Some of them may have been on fire. (laughs) (laughs) It's not all the first episode of Band of Brothers, Brian. I don't know. I don't know. That made an impression. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's funny because I'm actually, I, I actually mentioned Band of Brothers with the old man today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that, there's that, you know, and I, I think about it kind of a lot. Um, that, that scene, it's, it's near the end of the war. It's near the end of the series. And, um, you know, there's like a convoy of American men and equipment, you know, barreling down the road um, and then on either side on both sides uh, there's heading in the other direction is like single file uh, vanquished German soldiers um, you know as far as the eye can see and uh, the one guy played by the guy from office space um, Ron Livingston yeah who I think played a guy didn't wasn't his name Nixon in Band of Brothers, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Ron Livingston uh, says, uh, I mean, he kind of like loses it. And he's like, and he starts yelling at the Germans, just any German will do. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? This is Ford and GM, and you have horse drawn wagons, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have wagons. It was pretty close, though. <laughs> That's funny. That's what I said to my old man. It was really? pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, you know I, don't know, I don't know if I've mentioned this, Brian. I've been doing some reading about the Russian front. When did you pick this up? <laughs> See that, that's the sort of thing you do. It's very dry and it's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> and the people love it. Keep it coming. I use it sparingly. Just, but more. Got it. <laughs> Do less. By doing more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, you know, I mean, the, the Russians just bore like, I, okay, so the, the deal is, is like the fighting in the Eastern Front, which... I didn't know anything about for 35 years, except from what I heard on Hogan's Heroes. You know, like, do you ever see Hogan's Heroes? Uh, I, I would catch a few minutes of it because that's what my uncle, my uncle, my dad's brother loved Hog- Hogan's Heroes and it was on every time we'd go visit him. <laughs> that's hilarious. How did you have it on every time we'd go visit before, before VCRs? 
Uh, well, no, Uncle Chuck did have a VCR. He bought like the very first one that he bought. He bought a Betamax and he bought a, a VCR. Bought the first it's, ones that rolled off the line. No kidding. Yep. And I, 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 he probably paid over a thousand dollars for them when they first came out. Oh, wouldn't you think? Um, and then he bought a bunch of blank tape and he would record all kinds of stuff. Um, so did Bob Crane, by the way. Uh, yeah. So he played Hogan. Yeah, I know. Okay. So on Hogan's Heroes, every time a German got in trouble, they would be threatened by going to the Eastern Front. Do you remember that part? No, I was just a kid. At Uncle Chuck's. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the Eastern Front bore, it was like five or six times the warfare that the Americans and the Western allies faced. Mm -hmm. And so Stalin, though a monster, wasn't wrong when he was saying, hey, we're doing all the heavy lifting over here while you guys are messing around, you know, trying to get on the continent. Let's, mm -hmm. let's go, let's step it up, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the Battle of Kursk is like the, largest tank battle in the history of mankind it's huge you know it's it's huge my friend uh the economist dave uh went after uh graduating from west point was in germany he was like a tank i don't know what it, i don't know what it's called i mean he like led a tank squadron does that sound right mm -hmm. a battalion I don't know. No, a battalion's huge. Was it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so, uh, um, I don't know. Dave's pretty great. He's, he's like manly man, but he's an economist. So he's like really smart too. You know what I like? I like, I like guys who know how to do things. I think I've learned to do too few things and it's taken me too long to learn to do those few things. So good for you that you, you got a trade to fall back on. That's never, it's never too late. I know a guy who's hiring apprentice first year apprentices for 20 bucks an hour. Come on yeah. out to Colorado. Can you, you can't live in, you can't live in Denver for 20 bucks an hour. Can you? Oh, that's not true. I believe it is. How much is an apartment going for in Denver? $25,000 <laughs> <laughs> a month. That's funny. Yeah. I, I saw a thing that, that the uh, uh, average rent increased by like 10% from 2020 to 2021 that's i mean it was expensive before and it, yeah and it was expensive before so if um, you're paying okay so i so for example then if you were paying 1200 a month for your apartment this year you're i mean with the new lease you're going to be paying 1320 i did that math in my head just now without my phone pretty good this is i don't know i mean 
you know, 120 here, 120 there, it starts to add up. I don't think I, there, there aren't many people paying 1200 bucks a month for rent in Denver, Colorado. Okay. So say a guy could only afford 1200 a month for his house or for his, for his rent. Where's he got to live? How far out's he got to go? Lyman. What's, uh, what's between, what's between Lyman and Sydney, Nebraska? <laughs> um, I'm sure I've broken down there. Hang on. Let me think. <laughs> Goodland. Goodland. That's, that's near Kansas, but that's. Goodland is Kansas, you idiot. So it's right there. Where did I break down? The Volvo. I don't know. I'll look it up later. I'll tell our listeners next next time because I know they're dying to know. <laughs> Jeff's Volvo breakdown. Man, I love that car. That was a great was car. It, and I saw, was I tell car? you, I saw a picture of, of it, found a picture of uh, Julene and the girls. And, um, Man, that was a good-looking car. Holy smokes. That green. Ah, that, yes. It was great. That dark, dark green. It was amazing. Five-spoke five wheels. The wheels were cool. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. I didn't see. I just I got green. What an idiot. And what are you going to do? All right. Well, look. Um, Oh, hey, I had a, I had, speaking of being an electrician. Yeah. Why, why are, are things that take batteries made in such a way that you got to put the bottom of the battery on the spring? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um... it's, it's a, it's a DC, it's direct current isn't it a battery yeah yes yeah, direct current as opposed to alternating current which comes from the wall it alternates nobody asked for your sass mister <laughs> so so why what i guess it, does it matter does it, okay here's what i noticed here's what i noticed you never have a, a device, say it takes three batteries. There's two of them one way and one of them the other way. And you never just like put all three in the same way. Is there, is there a reason for that? Because you know I'm how sure some, there, sometimes sure you put the batteries in wrong, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I right. mean, most people do. Probably not you, but maybe someone you're related to. Right. Yeah, there's a scene in Ocean's Eleven where they have the detonator to blow the vault door and... They got the batteries in wrong. I did not know that. Yeah. Miss, miss I, I, you know what, though? I got Mrs. Winger to uh, watch, uh, s sit down and watch Oceans 13. Right, right. Well, okay, you know. Is, you, that, the you one, is that the one, is that the one with Vincent, Vincent Cassell? Well, I think he was in both, both 12 and 13. Was he? But I, I fell but I fell asleep, so I don't know how it goes. I just know that I woke up to my wife huffing and puffing about how that was a stupid ending. It's like, okay, well, I mean, it was a heist movie. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Um, um, so when it comes to batteries, 
Um, and sometimes they can be in wrong. And uh, I don't know why they're made that way. I'm sure that there's a reason why, probably because the current has to flow from one side through the other battery to then to the end of the other one and then, and then flow to uh, the power supply inside. But truth is, I really don't know. That wasn't on the test to be a, a residential electrician. Uh, it's two. It alternates. I'm also taking that away from our, from our, the, you know, you know, something else I know about electricity. Mm. Okay. This is what I learned from uh, a high school trade, trade class. It's not the volts that kills you. It's the amps. That's it. Yeah. That's on the test too. Is it? Yeah. What uh, will you, kill you? You remember uncle Joe? Mm-hmm. So I, so we were talking about electricity or something, and I said that because it's the only thing I know. Okay, so like if anybody ever says anything about electricity, I say, you know, interestingly, it's not the volts that'll kill you, it's the amps. And uh, uh, Uncle Joe says, <laughs> he says, no, but the volts will get you attention. <laughs> He's right. I miss, I miss that guy. Yeah. Uh, you know what I was doing? I, I was, I, I'm older now than Joe was when he died. I'm also really? now, as it turns out, and we didn't look this up because of our awesome prep, like always. Um, I didn't, um, uh, I'm now older than Warren Zevon when he died. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm super old. Well, you look, you look great. Shut up. No, I'm also, being serious. I'm being oh, serious. Okay, well, you know, if I wasn't so fat, my face would look like a map of the world. <laughs> uh, you know, there was, I, I don't want to do more Warren Sivan, but that was apparently, uh, it, an, until, until more information is revealed, last week was a really big show. And it remains to be seen whether it's because of my high school poetry or my uh, exegetical uh, consideration of the Warren Zevon catalog. Might, it might have been a winning combination. As, as Warren himself said, thought he had him a winning con combination, so he took us where the stakes were high. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, we've got uh, some good shows coming up, including uh, we're starting work on the next John D. McDonald book club reading Nightmare in Pink. The, I, 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 I want to reveal to the audience that uh, the mystery solving grannies are uh, online, one with a great deal of groaning about reading another John D. McDonald book. But the fact of the matter is that had a ton of downloads. I can only imagine what some like 75 year old, you know, retired Miami cop got thought when um, he listened to uh, the girls hating on John D. McDonald and you totally punking out. I imagine the joy that he experienced when he finally figured out how to work the podcast app on his iPhone. And he found a fine group of people reviewing his favorite book when he was <laughs> 15 years old. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. Okay. Have you listened to uh, Levine's new podcast? Not since he, I guess he's got, he's doing a new thing now. He's I haven't, doing a I new thing and it's great. It's great. And of course, he, it, of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. I am so sick of this guy just like <laughs> killing us on everything. So we put out the Warren Zevon episode. Okay. What's he do? He's like, oh yeah, watch this. Uh, here, let me take uh, a, a Marvin Gaye album that nobody's ever heard about and let me totally dissect it and show you the psychological uh, importance of it. And uh, oh yeah, and I'm in and out in 20 minutes. The guy's amazing. You yeah, know what, it's work. like, yeah, it's like, you know what? Chris Levine is, is Bruce Springsteen and I am John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. I thought you were going to say that you were John Cafferty and I'm the Beaver Brown man. I don't know if I'd have thought about it beforehand, but I'm just I'm just winging it here. Well, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. So, uh, Nightmare in Pink. Get your copy today. Uh, probably available at the Goodwill store in your neighborhood. It's it's the second of the John D. McDonald Travis McGee novels. Looking forward to it. This is the first time Brian's heard about it, by the way. Just it is. Yeah. You're probably groaning as much inside as Tears was outside. You're telling me now for the very first time. I didn't know that. Um Emily was just like Emily's just happy to be invited. She's like, she's like, it's just an honor to, it's just an honor to be nominated. Is she really, is she, is she happy to be invited? Yeah. Uh, great. Yeah. She's too busy to listen to the podcast, but I guess she'll deign to be on one. Oh. And how it goes. All right. Um, maybe next time. Well, let's see. So, uh, oh, you know what? I, okay, I, there's one last thing if I could. Okay, so so you want to learn a trade, have something to fall back on, but it kind of needs to be marketable. And there have been very few times when writing an essay has actually come in handy for me, for a friend. Mm -hmm. um, and there are self-taught writers and artists, right? Uh, the, uh, the writer, John Gardner, uh, wrote a book that's taught in like AP English called Grendel. So it's uh, the Beowulf story told from the point of view of what the dragon is it a the dragon? monster? The monster. It's, it's a monster. Mm -hmm. Was it reptilian in nature, or are we not told? Did you read it? Did I didn't. You read I, Be Beowulf. I did, I did read Beowulf in I think it was my senior year of high school. Nice. Nice. Yeah, my my English teacher, we spent, I mean, I think we spent a semester on it. So it was really interesting, you know, breaking it down uh, bit by bit. And yeah, I have an appreciation for it. It's good. Uh, did you, um, did you see the movie? No. Are you sure? Yeah. 
because apparently Angelina's CGI derriere was in it, is why I'm asking. <laughs> Come on. That's not a derriere. That's a CGI facsimile of a derriere. I think, but I think I remember that the trailer for that, you know, it's that uh, it's the live action, but it's, you know, animation on top of live action or whatever. Right. Um, it's just kind of weird looking, but I think that the, the monster in that Grendel was uh, reptilian in okay. nature. Well, anyway, John Gardner, uh, he wrote a book called The Art of Fiction and his real claim to fame, other than writing three books before he died, one of them being Grendel. I think he wrote like three novels and he wrote a book called The Art of Fiction. And it was pretty smug in its tone. And he, he stressed that um, uh, it was very important for a, a would-be writer to go to college, uh, to learn other ways of doing things, other, you know, he said, and he compared it to uh, building a shaker chair. He says, you know, look, uh, somebody who, a self-taught carpenter or, or, you know, somebody who comes up in that environment uh, may know everything there is to know about building a shaker chair, but he doesn't know anything about building any other chairs, right? Mm -hmm. um, that, was his, that was his contention. And there may have been something to it. On the other hand, I don't know that you, you need a, a, you know, an MFA, you know? I mean, I, I think the classes and some stuff can carry you over this is particularly the arts, um, but I don't know, you know, maybe it should come from somebody other than me because I'm a jerk of all trades, master of none. Um, um, you know, but like, I, I don't know, like art, you know, I mean, painting, say. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to do it, so many ways to approach it. Right. It's all going to be what the rich lady's willing to pay for her, you know, mountain house, mountain cabin. Hey, speaking of mountain cabin, there's an article in the New Atlantic about Gunnison. Oh, really? Home of the Spundo, yeah. Um, saying that the Gunnison was like a sleepy little town until about 2015, at which point, like, tons of uh, California liberals and... Uh, super rich um, Wall Street types converged on it. Uh, and so while the, the California liberals are in the city, the other guys, uh, the, the rich Wall Street guys are, you know, trading from their um, mountain estates. But how they could all agree to hate the health commissioner of whatever county that is for, for shutting it down um, when COVID sprung up. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, apparently the Atlantic's got a real ax to grind about, about COVID, about, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and one of the things that we always steer clear of uh, are, not necessarily political ends, but the means by which the politics grind 
through. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, like how few people have to die of a thing before you can holler "Ollie, Ollie, oxen free." Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question, huh? What? Google. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk how, about that next time. <laughs> how yeah. to how to Ollie, Ollie, oxen free? <laughs> Google. How do you end a pandemic? <laughs> so. We are happy that you joined us. Uh, I haven't mentioned yet, and I would like to mention now that you can interact more closely with Brian and I, mo mostly me, uh, by going to managingexpectationspodcast.locals.com. That's managingexpectationspodcasts, just like it sounds, sounded out, .locals.com. Uh, it's where we uh, put the, put the, podcast in the first place it's where we um you know interact off of not on facebook not on twitter um so check that out um we're very happy that you uh spent some time with us thank you for listening please like subscribe share the managing expectations podcast we'll be super grateful yeah suit not, not just regular grateful super grateful so, on behalf of the aide de camp, Brian Grimm, I'm Jeff Winger. Peace and love.